This episode of the Better Every Shift podcast is brought to you by Lexipol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit Lexipol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Now let's get into the show. everybody, welcome to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzel. I am your host. With me, as always, the captain, the co-captain, the editor-in-chief, Janelle Fasquet. Janelle, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you feeling, Aaron? Uh, I'm feeling golden. I think this is going to be, if we had podcasts that went bronze, silver, this would be gold because we have not one gold fetter with us. We have two. Uh, it is a family affair here. We have Chief Billy Goldfeder and Captain Brian Goldfeder here to talk all things fire, family, uh, lessons learned, uh, trade some stories about probably each other, and um, excited to to just dive into this. So, Chief, I'll start with you. How are you, sir? Welcome. Very well. Thanks very much. This is fun. Looking forward to this discussion. And uh, we have Captain Brian Goldfeder. How you doing, brother? I'm good, Zam. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. We This all started um, at a conference about a year ago, and I'm like listening to you guys talk. And as the podcast uh, Better Every Shift has now started to develop, I thought, oh, my God, this is great. We got to get them get them on here. Um, before we dig into this a little bit, I, I just want to give you guys uh, a, a good introduction. For those uh, of you living under a rock and don't know Chief Billy Goldfeder, he's um, Deputy Fire Chief of Loveland Sims, Ohio Fire Department. He serves as Lexapol's senior fire advisor, um, probably my boss too, and Janelle's boss, so I better watch out what I say here. He's a member of um, Fire Chief Fire Rescue One Advisory Board, a member of the board of directors for several organizations, IFC, uh, September 11th Families Association, National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, and a co-host of the website firefightercloscalls.com. And then if you may not know, but Brian, um, Goldfeder is a firefighter paramedic and now a captain with Prince George's County Fire EMS in Maryland. He also yep. serves on the board for the First Responder Center for Excellence on their nutrition and fitness. And uh, I think almost every board there and works as a social media manager for uh, the FRCE. So very involved in the fire service uh, inside and out because uh, we were just learning that actually Brian's very first call was right out of the hospital. Is that right, Chief? That's true. Uh, we were bringing him home from the hospital after being born. And uh, so at that particular time, I actually had two roles. I was a full-time division chief in Manatee County, Florida. Uh, and I was part-time uh, nights and weekends for one of the fire districts in the county. Uh, so we uh, were on the way home with the newborn baby. We had a run. It was uh, mid-afternoon. Staffing is thin. Everybody goes. <laughs> so uh, we went. It was nothing particularly serious, but uh, it, it certainly is uh, a true, but it's a fun story. And then uh, we got him uh, home and did all the other stuff we're supposed to. So, so Brian, your, your very first experience, you probably obviously don't remember that mm -hmm. as as a newborn. Uh, but, you know, tell us, did you always, you know, you're in this, this legendary fire family. Did you always want to be a firefighter? Uh, no. So dad actually used to call me like a 12 year old burnout. 
Um, so <laughs> when, uh, you know, I was younger, you know, five, six, seven, eight, um, you know, I always used to run calls with him. Um, you know, I'd hang out at the firehouse. Like that's, you know, that was our weekends, car washes, Christmas tree sales, all that. Um, and then once I got to about 12 or 13 and puberty and girls and sports, um, you know, I found other things to do with my time. And, um, then I, you know, I went to Ohio state for a couple of years. Um, and I was walking around, I looked at Ohio state's website of all, I think it was 126 majors. Um, cause I was undeclared initially. And I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with myself. Um, so initially I was actually really in, interested in fire investigations. Um, and dad said, all right, well, you're going to get a degree. And if this is what you want to do, um, you know, College Park, Maryland, University of Maryland, um, the volunteer system in Prince George's County is is a really good start. Um, so we made a couple phone calls and, uh, you know, it wasn't six months later to College Park. So, yeah, so he um, I remember it like it was yesterday because it was obviously a pivotal, pivotal time. And uh, we went to lunch at uh, his favorite place, McAllister's. And we were chatting and he says, well, you know, I'm not sure what I want to do. I've looked at Ohio State's catalog. I can't find anything I want to do. And I think, well, what do you think? And he says, maybe firefighter. Someone I'm like, well, we can probably help you with that. So <laughs> I know a guy. I reached out to who was then the fire chief of the volunteer fire chief in College Park, Ty Dickerson. And uh, he said, yeah, bring him out. Let's." It, it was the right time of year because every uh Every spring is when they do their recruitment. And actually, I picked him up at an airport in Philadelphia. And on the way down to College Park, yeah. uh, we caught a five-alarm fire in Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, yeah that old factory <laughs> we pulled up on. We were, uh, we were second arriving. Yeah, it was uh, quite the job there. Yeah. And then uh, so he went through the process. Uh, and then that summer, uh, as soon as he uh, finished his semester at um, Ohio State, uh, we moved him out to College Park. And, and if anyone is not familiar with that, certainly Google it, College Park Volunteer Fire Department. But it's one of several volunteer fire departments within the Prince George's County Fire and EMS Department. Uh, and uh, Bry uh, was accepted there. Uh, the summertime was what? Spent in fire school at EMT? School. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fire one, EMT. And then, uh, you know, once you're done with that is when you're cleared to ride and you move in. Um, so if you're doing the summer program, which is what a lot of the colleges or, uh, stations around the college do, um, you get all that and then you're cleared to kind of move in for good, um, which is what ended up happening. And I spent, uh, almost five years in college park as a yeah. volunteer, as you're starting, yes. to, you're starting to build your resume up and, yep. and get experience. Right. Yep. So yep. I, let me go back to this chief. So he's 12, 13 years old and you probably see this, him going away from fire. And I think a lot of listeners who have you know, older children that are, are kind of struggling and, you know, how was that for you? And, and was there any time where you were just like, let the kid just let him, let him go on his own. Like, what was that like being a father watching that? It was okay. Um, you know, I, I, um, if you spend more than 10 minutes with me, you know how I feel about my kids. And I wanted a much uh, larger view for them. I didn't, as long as they, they all had to get degrees, there was no question. There was, that was not a discussion. Uh, and uh, after that, find something that makes you happy, right? And uh, so 
I, I mean, I never sat around, you know, oh man, he doesn't want to be a firefighter. I, I don't ever remember feeling that. Um, and I did call him a 12 year old burnout. He would, he got to the point around eight or nine years old as I was heading out the door. And if it wasn't a building fire, he'd give me the wave, just go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, um, no, I, but the other side of that is that day that he came home, it was a thrill. I was glad. Hey, you know what? The fire service has been wonderful to this family. Wonderful. Uh, it has provided for them. Uh, it has uh, allowed me to be and grow as a dad through the the action and the, the activities I've seen and the good and the bad. So the fire service has, has been wonderful to us. And not to say there haven't been bumps here and there. There's always going to be bumps. Nothing's perfect, right? Even people at Disney World, Disney World are whining about something. So it, it was very good for us. And so I've, and he saw himself. It provides for a very good living. Uh, it provides for a great, and, 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 and honestly, uh, all my kids have the genetic chip in them to be of service. Uh, Brian's two sisters, uh, one uh, just left a, a, a college professor pro a college professorship. Uh, she now is very involved in the uh, MRDD in our local county government. Again, taking care of people. Uh, and Brian's oldest sister uh, is a 16-year-old public a 16-year-old is a 16-year public school teacher. Uh, who is, and, and so I won't mention names just because she'd be embarrassed, but who is one of the most requested school teachers in this, in this school district. Uh, so, you know, it, they all understand that to, to have a good life and to enjoy your life, it's about giving back and then the rewards will come. And I, I'm not just saying that I can shut up and you can go look at my kids. Uh, and then um, I have two stepkids. Uh, who I'm also grooming in that direction about it's important about giving back and the rewards come. So been pretty lucky um, and, and fortunate. This is my, this year's my 50th year as a firefighter, uh, still going, still working uh, and I love what I do and, um, and plan to continue to until I'm either in the way or if I start drooling during a conversation <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it, 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 it's about the feeling you get back. And again, I'm not being hokey, um, you know, and there's been times I've said to Brian, he'll, he'll tell me, oh, I had, you know, three BS calls. And I remember earlier in his career saying to him, well, what was one? And maybe it was somebody's grandma who pooped in her pants and they had nobody to call. And so I said to that, I, I said, so let me ask you a question. Who, who was there to take care of grandma? And there was nobody there. That's why they called the fire department. Yeah. So literally a shitty call like that, right? <laughs> There's nobody else. There's nobody else. We are the last outpost for so many people. And as our healthcare system in our country continues to worsen, personal opinion, uh, we are seeing the impact of that in fire and EMS, uh, where we're being overly used for calls that should be social worker calls. But anyway, I don't want to get off the beaten path. But it, it, it was a thrill that he was interested, uh, and I've cautiously observed his career, uh, both as a volunteer and as a career firefighter. I'm super proud of him, but I'm still a dad. 
and I worry, and I, I worry about all of my kids 24 seven, just the way it is. It's how I'm built. Well, on that note, was there a part of you with any of your kids that you worried if you said, Oh gosh, did you ever go through a period of your life where you thought, I hope my kids don't go into firefighting because of the dangers or health risks? Not at all. Not at all. Never. First of all, I knew, I knew my oldest definitely was not going to <laughs> my middle kid. Maybe yeah, she kind of had the aptitude, but she went into, she, she's uh, really a subject matter expert in the developmentally disabled. Uh, and is, is well known for the work she does. Uh, so no. And um, do I worry now? Yeah, I do. But I worry uh, about Brian and fires. I worry about my daughter walking to her car after work. I'm just, you know, I don't, it doesn't obsess my life, but I worry about my kids. So when I have a worry, I share it with them. If Brian uh, has a fire of some kind and, and, uh, and I do monitor when he's working, I listen to the radio. Uh, and afterwards, we talk about him. And, uh, you know, I simply offer an opinion. He's a big boy. He's a big man, right? He's got to make some decisions. And as he moved up the ladder, uh, when he became a lieutenant, now as a captain, which is a company commander position, uh, he's got a lot of responsibility. And uh, I we've talked through some issues together, but ultimately, it has to be his decision. He did not get on the department with anything that I had to do with anything, uh, he, he takes civil service exams. He takes promotional exams. All I can do is be his dad that happens to have a fire background. Everything he's done, he's done on his own. And anytime I've had an opportunity to guide him or share some advice, I do. And what he does with it is up to him. Now, I may not talk to him for a week after that, if he's, you know, doesn't <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't listen, my which, advice. Yeah. which, you know, and this brings up a great question to you, Brian, you're like the coach's kid, right? right. Like, What's it like being, uh, you know, having your last name? Now you're in, you're involved in the fire service, and did you have a, a, a pressure? And I know you that if there was a pressure, it wasn't. And chief, it's not coming from you; it's coming from him internally to, right. to be as best he could be. But what did you feel like? Did you think that you had to look behind you every once in a while, and there's more eyeballs on you? Yeah. Um, so I never really felt a big pressure being Billy G's kid. Um, I guess kind of maybe at my age or where I'm at, um, you know, it's not an NFL coach or, uh, or Michael Jordan. Um, you know, if you're deeply involved in the fire service, you know, who Billy G Billy Goldfeder is. Um, but you know, a lot of kids my age really didn't, um, which allowed me to kind of just be myself and, you know, a couple of the older guys, a couple different comments and such, but, um, generally I was able to just be myself, um, you know, as a volunteer getting hired, um, just as I came up through. So it was more of an advantage cause you had him to kind of as use as a sounding board in a way. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, I can't tell you how many times on, I mean, fires, um, you know, any EMS calls, handling stuff, uh, family life, um, and then especially personnel stuff. Um, you know, we, you know, most officers have some sort of challenge in their first couple of years, um, being able to use him, um, you know, some of his friends and such for, uh, yeah, like a sounding board, like you said, um, that I will say was a, was, was good. That's gotta be a slippery slope though. That's gotta be a little tricky. Cause like when you're having an issue at your department and you want to sound off and talk to your dad and get advice, like, I mean, 
how do you find that balance? But, you know, Billy, like, were there times when you wanted to pick up the phone and call and ream somebody out, you know, because you knew some inside <laughs> scoop from Brian about how things were going down? Yeah. So I, I know many of the leadership in this organization, just as I know a lot of places. Uh, and uh, I trust in the system. Um, I trust in the people. I remember one of his uh, chiefs who was not a chief at the time, but when Brian was in the academy, he said, I want to grow up and be like that guy right there, who now happens to be one of his bosses. So I trust in the system. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean it, 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 uh, once in a while, yeah, you want to say, hey, you know what, this is a real problem, but you don't, you got to let the system work it out. I can't, I'm not that dad, unless my kids are in dire straits. Um, you know, my kids have got plenty of bruises, bumps and bangs and a few uh, scars in their backs uh, by sitting back and let them figure stuff out. Uh, and I'm I actually, I wish I was better at that sometimes because time to time I will insert, not necessarily in fire department stuff, but I'll offer my opinion to my daughters or to my son and maybe that's not what they want to hear. Uh, I am very cognizant of a generational difference too, not just with my kids, but doing the job I do. I mean, I'm, I'm supervising kids that, you know, uh, are, are half my age. Well, they think different. They are different. So I have to let the system take care of that. Um, but yeah, after incidents or, or in, in, in non-emergency personnel discussions, we've had some discussions about and he never divulges the names or any of that, but he'll say, hey, here's a scenario. What would you do? And most of the time I tell him. Other times I say, you know what? You may want to call Chief So-and-so out in San Diego. I just read that she had a situation just like that, and maybe you mm -hmm. want to do that. So that, that's kind of the role I play, I guess. Um, but Did that take I, years to kind of hone that balance, though? Or did you kind of go into it knowing like establishing boundaries like all right if you're going to be in the fire service this is going to be the rules of our relationship or did you just kind of like let it roll i let it roll i i don't ever sitting i never sat down and said do this don't do that i will tell you this so and it, it you remember this janelle but when he got on the fire department uh we were doing a nozzle head back then uh and um Oh, yeah. There's a there's a pretty well-known poster. It's uh, Shut Up and Train, and it has 50 tips uh, to not get yourself in trouble for a new firefighter. And that was actually, as I tell people, it was a love letter to my son. Yeah. It was a, a letter to Brian when he got on the fire department. You know, what do you give him? Um, an old badge or something? Shit, he'll get that at some point anyway. But I, I, What do I give him? So I'll give him my advice. And it was a list, and I reached out to a number of folks. Uh, for what advice they would give to see if it matched mine. So I, I wrote this letter to my son. It listed the 50 things I think he needs to remember, which they all still apply today, whether it's for him or if it's for the people he's supervising. Uh, and then and you and, Sh and Shannon back in the day then took that and turned it into a poster. Uh, nozzle had shut up and train poster. Uh, and I still see that poster in firehouses when I travel around the country. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just my advice. I mean, it was it was advice from some very, very good people uh, who had a lot of scars, a lot of experience. So that's probably that that if that's the maybe that's the answer you're looking for. I gave it to him in writing, which was another lesson. Nothing's real unless it's in writing. So. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, Brian, which ones do you remember from that or have 
that you want people that are listening to to remember? Like, what are sure. the ones that stick out? Yeah, so that was um, my literally my first day when I moved into College Park. Um, it was an envelope with with that handwritten and a couple hundred bucks to put in the bank account. Um, but the ones that stick out was keep your cell phone in your pocket. Um, you know, there's there's always something other than playing on your phone that you could be doing. Um, the shut up and train. Um, we still talk about it um, when there's issues. Uh, people are sitting around complaining about this or that and things that aren't in their control. You can always go pull a hand line and uh, that gets people motivated, right? Gets them thinking maybe it isn't so bad. We're getting paid to do this. You know, we're, we're spending our time getting to do this. Um, but uh, the, the shut up and train, we, we still talk about a lot. Uh, and that's such a cliche, right? Like, oh, just go train. But uh, in the fire service right now, um, EMS side especially, uh, it's not great in some places, uh, hospital wait times and, you know, how 911 is being used and it can get really frustrating. Um, and what I've been able to do, especially as I move up, is, all right, we've complained. Now let's go do something productive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it changes everybody's psyche a little bit too. It's yeah. just like working with, like, I shouldn't say working with kids, but right. Like you have young children and sure. when they start complaining, you say, Hey, just give me something you like. And, yep. and it, it changes. And, and chief, you've talked about that a lot too. Like our culture sometimes, okay, you got to let people vent sometimes and then use, you know, and this is a great list. Janelle, we got to get our hands on that. If you still have that chief, we'd love oh, to yeah. put it, post it. We'll post it. Um, and, and so you, you got this envelope for your first day. Some of those things you still remembered, I'm sure you, you keep that close to heart. And then chief, of course you see this in the country and it, it's got to bring a little smile to you and makes you feel and think about, you know, family. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about balance now, family and fire. Is there ever a point where you guys have said, you know what, no, let's just, this is just about us being family. You know, how do you guys balance that through functions and, you know, cause so you let me, let me interject real quick. One more that I do remember is act like the fire chief's on one shoulder and your mom's on the other. Splitting, uh, okay. You know, like you just said, splitting the fire department and family, you know, what are you going to do with the fire chief on one shoulder and your mother on the other? You know, how are you going to treat people? What are you going to do with your time? So that was, yeah, that was good. Perfect. Uh, I, great segue into that. Chief, anything you want to add to that? Like, you know, I'm sure you have more, you're more torn on, on different things because you've experienced a lot more, right? And you're, you're still, you got dad and you got chief and you got biggest supporter all in one. You know, you got a lot of different people on your shoulder. So, so the, the family balance, um, I joke that, you know, we were always run into fires and stuff, but looking back, uh, and, and I don't know that Brian's mom would agree, <laughs> but I think that, that I did have a balance. I think you can do it all at the same time. Uh, I certainly, um, invite anyone to go back and look to see if that's, you know, if I did what I preached, um, my kids, uh, my family are always, always were number one. And that was instilled by Joyce and Sam Goldfeder, who were immigrants to the United States. So my mom from Russia and my dad from Poland. So they, they kind of were that generation. They were the greatest generation. My dad, World War II veteran, uh, was a Purple Heart recipient. So a lot of that, um, stuff that you read about the generation, uh, was carried on to me. And I'm, I veered a little bit to here there, 
but uh, people say you got to have family life balance. And that means that, of course, you do. You have to shut it off from time to time. You've got to, uh, as much as you love going to work, you want to love going home, right? Um, we are right now in a time within the fire service where we're looking at behavioral health closer than we ever have, which is a good thing. And like anything else, I think there's some extremes. Uh, you know, the movie Backdraft, the arsonist, Ronald, had a great quote in there. He said, the funny thing about firemen is day and night, they're always firemen or night and day, they're always firemen. That's generally true, right? You know, you're, I joke that you're on a date and you go to kiss your date goodnight and you hear a siren and you turn around to go look. <laughs> right. It's kind of, not everybody's like that. Some people are here just because it's a job and there's nothing wrong with that. That's as long as you do it and do a great job, that's fine. But some of us are li- into it a little bit more than that. Uh, and we love what we do, but we do it for those kids. We do it for those family members, right? I mean, we love who we are, but who we are is what made them good people, the kids and raising them right. I mean, I've been in as many people's homes as anybody in this business. So I've had a good chance to see the good, the bad, and the very, very ugly. Well, that gets converted into then how I raise and how I talk to and guide. Um, and so I think I think that when we talk about that family life balance, it's whatever the balance works for your family. Okay, what's best for your family? Um, you know, my wife Terry is crazy about the fire department, so she has no problem going to a fire show. But I've dated and known other people who just aren't into that. Well, you have a responsibility to balance that out. It's not all about you, you know. And and I'll yield to Brian in a second because I don't want to dominate this by any means. I don't. Um, But you have to, you know, the term you do you, right? You have to figure out what works best for your family. As a firefighter, we are always talking about serving others, helping others, doing things for others, being selfless. Well, you got to be that way at home, too. You're not at the firehouse. You're not in charge. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, Terry will say, you're not the chief here. And I'll laugh and say, you're right. But knowing that I'm right and she's not, of course. <laughs> we'll get her on next. Yeah. So I think you, I love using this as an example. And I told Brian this and other officers, you size up your personnel and all your people are a little bit different. Generally, we have to work as a team, but you know what works and what doesn't for each of your individuals. And you got to work, adjust that, right? Well, you size up your family. If you look over and, and, and your phone is constantly beeping with fire department messages and your wife's given the eye roll or your spouse or your partner, whoever you're, you know, have a life with, shut the damn thing off. Uh, if it's worth it, if not, then call an attorney, make your payments and shit, move on. Right? <laughs> but right. it's, it's about balancing that. So I'm sorry, but it's something I'm very passionate about, specifically my family. Um, I, I feel like I, I wouldn't say I'm an A plus dad. I think I'm a pretty good dad. I'm there for my family. I love my family. I do anything in the world for them. And I can prove that and have. Uh, and uh, I try to maintain balance. And, you know, like a lot of things, as you get older, you learn. Yeah. So uh, yeah. when you're 30 or 35 or Brian's 35 and when you're 68, there's there's a difference in your life experiences and you apply those. So I do from time to time try to throw some of that his way. And he, he's so funny. I know him like the back of my hand. I can tell when he's listening and I can tell when he's not. <laughs> 
Yeah, was, right. I was just going to say, it, was, it, was, it wasn't but a couple weeks ago that um, the work-life balance came up in a conversation and he wasn't saying what I wanted to hear. And he said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go and we'll talk. And then it was a couple of days later that he called me and he said, you good now? And then we talked about it. And um, yeah, the, the work-life balance at 36, um, you know, as a, as a station captain at a pretty busy firehouse, uh, wanting to be at work because I think uh, we're really lucky to have a career that generally we like going to work. Um, and I think a lot, um, I'll say a lot of other people don't have that. Um, so they don't understand, well, hell yeah, I want to pick up overtime. Well, yeah, I'm going to hang out and have coffee after shift. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to whatever event because we genuinely love the firehouse right like when when can't you walk in your own firehouse and feel welcome um so yeah, that's, that's such a great example and that can work against us yeah. yes mm -hmm. especially cuz service is in your blood already yeah uh, I, and and now you enjoy providing the service to the to the membership and community and you also enjoy the environment that you're in when yeah. you're not providing that service yeah. and and now, now you're really challenged, uh, you know, especially at home and right. Like Brian, is there anything that you looked at your dad and said, okay, I'm going to learn from that experience and, and, and interject it into your own life then? Uh, it took, it took time. My own, my own bruises and bumps. Um, one thing just growing up, um, that I kind of remember is my mom and dad didn't fight in front of us. But you could tell when it was off because dad would just go to the firehouse. Um, and, and, and we, and we kind of knew, right? Mm -hmm. um, he would just he would just go to the firehouse. But that kind of speaks to the environment, right? Um, we can go there and on duty, off duty, feel pretty comfortable being there. Um, and I joke with my guys a lot. You know, we'll be having whatever ridiculous firehouse conversation we're having. And Saving I'm like, the world, work. you know. Right. Yeah. 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 I say we're at work right now, and I bet the guys at Google aren't talking like we are. You know, <laughs> just uh, we we always joke about that. But um, yeah, the like just going back to it, the work life balance is uh, and continues to be, and I think it will always be a struggle for a lot of a lot of people in the fire service. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're my on, both of you are at different points in your career too, so you're naturally going to have different perspectives sure. on the work-life balance element. You know, Billy, you might be trying to say, "Hey, Brian, you gotta, you gotta get home, your family." You know, exactly. and, yep. and then, oh, but hey, I want, I love it, I'm in it. You know, and Billy wanting to remember what it was like, you know, when you were in that situation. Sure. So I think that's a really interesting dynamic between the two of you. Um, you know, and we had Dr. Uh, Rochelle Zemlock on talking a little bit about family as well. And she talked about those transitions in the career, but also needing to transition between work life and home life. And, you know, Brian, when you're headed home from the station, you know, are you <clears throat> shifting into that home life. So it's a little bit more of a micro look at the, at the bigger work life balance issue. Yeah. But is that, is that kind of like, she talked about the drive home being sort of a transition time. Do you, 
do you have any tricks that you use for when you transition? Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm really successful at that. Um, my drive home is a, a conversation with dad, a conversation with one or two of my best friends yeah. about the firehouse. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, you know, my, my wife understands, um, you know, if I, if I turn a box on, you know, on Paul's pointer on my phone or whatever, you know, she'll kind of give me the side. I'm just like, I just got to see what they got and then I'll turn it off. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, what, what I'm reflecting on listening to this, and, and we've talked about this before. Once you're certified, qualified, and all set, you go to work and you really don't have a lot to worry about. Yeah. Whereas when you're married, you got to work on that marriage all the time. It is not automatic. You can go to work. We know people in our business who go to work every day and just sit there and get on the truck and go. It takes no effort. But when you're in a relationship with someone, I don't care what kind of relationship you're in, no matter what your lifestyle is or preferences, it's still somebody you love. Um, it's an effort. Uh, and and I can tell you that uh, being being someone who's been in two marriages, you have to work very very hard. It is not automatic. So now think about that firefighter. The path of least resistance is going to the firehouse because I can just go there. I can be the idiot that I am and joke around <laughs> and have fun and all that. And at home, I have to maybe not do what I want. It's not all about me. I'm not the captain. I'm not the senior firefighter takes a lot of work and and, and yeah. certainly uh, dr zemlock is an absolute expert in that area so back yeah. to i don't know how many how many of those conversations i've had on my own with other people that it's easy being at work right we we know not you know what the call is going to be we know what to expect when we walk in the door it's gonna be ball busting we're gonna hang out we're gonna have a good time and there's very little of, of the bad stress, I'll say. And right? then when the bell goes off, you know exactly what to right. do. Yeah. When, yep. when your spouse is angry at you, you have no earthly idea what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, let I, me ask you this: in your households, I'm. So what is it when when your significant other says you're not at the firehouse? What Brian? What is she referring to in that case? Like, what do you? What's the cue for you? Like, okay, either you're swearing sure. too much or what? Like, um. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we, we we don't have that. We don't have too many of those discussions. Um, normally, it's just about um, you know the, the different group chats that you're in with the guys from the firehouse, and all right, just just put it down for a little while. Put right? the phone down, right? Right. And it's hard. Or, or or you know, listening to that box alarm when we're trying to watch TV or or chat, and like you see it pop up on your phone, and you just kind of slide it up, turn the turn the speaker on, put it next to you while you're still trying to have that conversation. Um, so no, I mean, I mean, we could, we could talk for hours about the yeah. work-life balance. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah. a challenge because yeah, like Chief, I said you... earlier, um, people and the fire service generally love their job. Um, and I think people that don't love their job don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so chief, before I, I, I got another question on that too, Brian, but like chief, when you're at home and, and significant other says you're not at the firehouse, what does that mean now at your stage in your career? Does that mean don't deal with these issues here or? It doesn't happen uh, anywhere near as much because of my age and my kids are all grown up and that kind of thing. I've got, I've probably got 12 radios in the house, right? I'm into <laughs> it. I think that at this stage, Terry's concern is my health. 
being on duty so much, being engaged this much. You're doing a podcast here. You're doing a webinar here. You're doing this there. And, and you know, I think that's that's more of it. But she does from time to time remind me, hey, we're watching TV here. We're watching a show. Uh, when we first uh, uh, got married, uh, one day I got a page of a, a house fire in Honolulu. And she said, do you really need to know that at two o'clock in the morning? And it stuck. Now, I don't know that my behavior changed. <laughs> I'm still very much into it. But I understand what she's saying. And, I, and, and again, it's, it's an effort. And, and separate from our discussion today, if you're thinking about getting married, understand it's a lot of work. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you got to put time into that. And it makes it difficult where we may not want to go home to screaming children and a pissed off spouse where you can go to the firehouse and just kind of have a good time. Makes it very challenging for us in our business. Yeah. Yeah. Along with the stresses and, and, and you'd mentioned health, you know, speaking of that, let's, let's talk about relationships for a second. If we're about trying to give people some usable advice. So let's say I'm starting a relationship or I'm getting, I'm new to the fire service. What's one thing that you wish all spouses would realize and know about the fire service? All right. Um, so actually yielding back to Dr. Zemlock, she has a theory that there should be a mini academy for your spouses and your family. Uh, that should be a family day. They come into the fire department and the department explains to them what to expect when they're in probie school, uh, what that's going to be, what resources are available to the families. So I think it's a wonderful idea. I love that. And I, I, I know some departments have it, most don't. Uh, but my advice is that, the, or my comment is, they don't know what they don't know yet. So they can't tell their spouses when they're taking that test and when they get hired. So that's why the department, looking at a program to educate them, what you can expect when, you're, when your loved one becomes a member of the ABC Fire Department. I think that's a great document. Uh, and and they're, then they're out there. And again, Dr. Z will provide you with something. She's got stuff. Uh, and so I think as far as advice, uh, I don't know what advice I can give um, because everybody's happy when you're joining the fire department. Your spouse is happy for you. Your kids are happy for you. Your mom's, everybody's happy. So what, what am I going to tell you? Because I don't know what to tell you. Uh, whereas if the administration creates a document, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And understand your spouse will be seeing some bad things. They will be responding to them. And these are some of the things we offer to help you and your family get through that stuff. So I think that's probably... My better answer, I don't know that I have any advice because anything I tell a brand new kid joining the firehouse is going to go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> and some. Well, I will and, say Dr. Z, she did write a book on this. We'll link to it in the show notes. She's got some very good advice. And she knows what she's talking about because she is married to a firefighter. She, Yep. But Brian, like. What do you so think? With, well, with, well, and my question to Brian is let's look at somebody who now you're in the fire service, right? And I think with, with your wife, like you were already in the fire service. Yeah. Now you're bringing in uh, somebody into this and you kind of yeah. know what to expect. Right. And I think chief, you're, you're spot on it. When you're with that significant other and you're new to the fire service, you don't know what to expect. And the, yeah. and the department should be there to help you. But now like in your, in your experience, Brian, you're yeah. in the fire service. You're bringing someone into this crazy stuff. Yeah. What's what's that one piece of advice you would give to that that person? 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost as ate up as my dad is. Um, so when she came in, it was already, you know, box alarms and overtime and all my friends are firemen and all my friends are firemen. And that's what we talk about. Um, and that still pretty much rings true. And that again, isn't for everybody. Um, some people like leaving work at work. Um, I, I, I like being involved in it as much as I can. Um, and that has still been, you know, I'm with my wife almost six years now, and it's still a learning curve for her and me, um, that sometimes I don't want to shut it off. And sometimes, you know, if we have a barbecue or friends over the conversation is still going to be about the firehouse. Um, and, uh, whether you should have to turn that off, whether you can turn it off. Um, but it needs to be, um, a conversation and an understanding that this is what I'm passionate about. I'm very passionate about you and my kids and our family, but my other half is the fire service. Yeah. Um, and you know, I grew up like that. Um, you know, we, we had the fire room. We always had, you know, look, look at Zach's background, you know, it's been like that my whole life. Um, and I, I love it. I wouldn't change it, but it needs to be an understanding between you and your significant other, a conversation. Um, you know, one thing that I still struggle with is um, right now, overtime is plentiful in my department, as I'm sure it is in a lot of departments because of uh, staffing shortages, but, you know, limiting your overtime or discussing what your cap is or, or how many nights you're going to volunteer or how often you're going to be there. Um, Cause that is still a, uh, a challenge. Um, because like, yeah. like we said earlier, you know, I love it there. I can, yeah. I can go and decompress and relax sometimes more than I can at home. Yeah. And you could be too into it. it right before you all of a sudden, like, and chief, I thought, I think you, you had a, another great analogy. You're like, You'll go home and you'll get the that I, that that look or that that I, you know not conversation or some of that passive aggressive conversation and you're like oh I don't even know what I did but it could it could be building up and and I think you hit it right in the head you have to have these conversations ahead of ahead of time uh, you got to have an open line of communication throughout the whole process right whether you're new or or, or on and um and. And I think that's great. Now talking about family and now you have kids and grandkids into this. Uh, and Janelle, I think you wanted to touch on that a little bit, right? Like, well, you know, before I get into that, I just want to advocate for the significant others for a second. And when there's conversations like about overtime and how many hours extra, I think it's important to note that's not a single person decision. The, the decision needs to be made together as a Are you unit. talking directly to me when you say that? <laughs> I have no background knowledge on your personal situation for uh -huh. the record. Uh, but it just occurred to me while you were talking that, like, I think so, this could be such an easy uh, issue for folks to find themselves in where you know how many hours you want to work. Absolutely. You know how many extra shifts you want. But what if, you know, there's got to be a compromise and that has to be a discussion well, Brian, Brian and I have had that discussion, actually, and I've said to him, okay, all I want to know is tell me how much money you need to make. And he always avoids me in that discussion <laughs> <laughs> because he's in a situation. Now, fortunately, and he, he arguably belongs to one of the best uh, IFF locals in the country, 
Uh, he's a strong union firefighter. The union takes care of him. He's loyal to his union. Uh, and they've got some great stuff. And one of those is they limit the amount of hours you can work. And I love that. I know he'll never work more than 36 hours without a break. That's a big deal to me. Uh, I know around the country you can go 10 days straight, and work, which is insane to me. Yeah. Uh, so I know that. But, yeah. and you know, you hit a good point. There has to be compromise. And I know there's this pot of gold there. You can make as much money as you want as some of this job. But you did ask somebody to marry you. You did have some children. And you have that obligation as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. I don't know. But... It's good. <laughs> so, you know, kind of coming full circle to where we started with, you know, the story of bringing Brian home from the hospital. Brian, you've got kids now. What do you think about your kids going in the fire service? Would Is that something you secretly hope for, want? Uh, I have two little girls uh, and they're little girl girls. Um, not saying that they might not, um, but I, I certainly don't push it. You know, they they love FaceTime and they want to see the fire trucks. They love coming to visit. Um, but I think and I'm fine with if that's where where, where it ends. Um, but as as dad was just saying, you know, the benefits, the, the schedule, um, it allows for a pretty good life in most places. And um, you know, second, second jobs, if you want, or plenty of time off. Um, and if you're good with it, a really good work-life balance. Um, so if they ever came to me and said, this is what they wanted to do or something in healthcare, whatever, my wife's going to school to be a nurse similar, or actually just finished. Um, so similar shift work, um, serving people, um, uh, I, I would never, I would never discourage them from doing something, uh, like that that, you know, my oldest wants to be a teacher. My youngest wants to be a rock star right now. So we're just we all do. Pushing, on, right, pushing on with whatever they want to do for now. Uh, and as they grow up, the conversations will be had with what you want to do and how you want to help. And, you know, yeah. Service services in their blood, yeah. at, both in mom and dad. And, uh, you know, chief started this, uh, podcast by just talking about how services now with with you congratulations chief for 50 years by the way and thank you for everything you've done for the fire service um and and you young kids who don't know who he is i think you should should get on and look um yeah we'll have to mention if you're not watching this on video you should because he's got some epic features that you really need to take note of number one and he's he's got a lot of knowledge so with that, though, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to put you in the hot seat, and we're going to ask you just some real quick, uh, you know, questions. We have, I think, we have three listeners now. Uh, we have um, Janelle's mom, my mom, and my dad just told me that he did hear one of my episodes, and uh, of course, he was very critical. But that's a whole nother, you know, um, podcast, uh, I guess, that we could do on that. So, Janelle, you want to fire off the first, yeah, hot seat question for the Goldfeders. Chief, let's start with you. Um, you've been in the fire service a long time. What is on your bucket list at this stage in your life? This can be fire service related or not fire service related. Yeah, so uh, to keep doing what I'm doing, I'm deputy chief. Uh, I have some personnel responsibilities and I have responsibility of going to incidents and I love doing that. So I'm going to keep doing that until I can't. And I'll know when it's time. I'm not I'm not that guy in the walker who's going to show up at a run, right? Uh, but more <laughs> importantly, more importantly, my bucket list, 
Uh, and I have uh, five uh, very diverse kids, very diverse, very different, uh, to be there for them and to guide them uh, and tell them things sometimes that they don't want to hear uh, because I, I want to I pass on to them what I have. So that my bucket list is take care of my family uh, to continue doing that. So th that's it. Otherwise, I'm done. I've done everything. I'll keep doing what I love doing, but it's all about my family and then making those runs when I'm allowed to, you know. Brian, I got a question for you, buddy. You're now a captain. Right. Quick piece of advice you would give anybody who is newly promoted. Uh, surround yourself with good people if you can. Um, have patience. Um, I'm very lucky. I've always, I've always had good crews who don't need too much encouragement to train uh, or to do the right thing. Uh, the biggest thing I have found uh, is if you lead by example, the example will be followed. Um, you know, a lot of people don't love EMS. Um, you know, if you're first in the door, a lot of your guys will be chasing you in there too. Um, so that's something that I always, I still do try and do on, uh, EMS calls. You know, I'll grab a bag and I'll head in before most other people. Um, and my guys are constantly hustling behind me cause they don't want, you know, they don't want the captain to be doing that. Right. So it, it forces them or encourages them to. Um, so I really think if you lead by example, um, if you're passionate, share that passion, um, and I think you'll end up surrounding yourself with the right people. And, and, and so here's an old guy telling a younger guy, when he says guys, he means his crew. He's yeah, got, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody I've had. Yeah. yeah. Very, very I, I to get into that. But yes, I, when I say guys, I mean yeah. the colloquial we, right. The crew. Yeah. <laughs> right. The crew. Sorry. Yep. All right, Brian, I, I've got the next one. Um, I'm thinking back to your childhood here. Let's let's go there. Do you remember the best gift you ever got, like for a birthday or something like that? Like so, uh, I said, like we talked about, they he they didn't really push the fire service on me a whole lot. So you know, we we had the fire trucks and. Uh, but if you want to get really specific, um, I was six years old, and on my birthday, I woke up and uh, there were gifts. There were gifts wrapped from my bedroom door down the hall to my parents' door. And as I opened each one of them, they all they were all the Power Rangers. And you joined oh. them together and it was like a big, a big tall, I don't remember what they're called anymore, but that's one that sticks out. Um, and then at eight years old, I got my first PlayStation. I do remember that. Nice. So, awesome. <laughs> things things that stuck out. Right. Yeah. Right. Dad had to work overtime for that PlayStation, right. for gosh sakes. You know? Um, <laughs> Chief, I got we got one more hot seat question for you, and uh, it's a, it's probably a little more uh, more intimate than our normal hot seat questions. But you've been in in the fire service now fifty years. Is there any other advice that you want to give your son um, or anyone else that's you know uh, in the fire service that you you just as you get older and older and older, you know what's that one that one golden nugget? Sure, and this is probably more geared toward uh, when you become an officer. Uh, do what you're qualified to do. Otherwise, seek uh, 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 professional advice. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, because of the nature, we've been talking about this through your entire podcast here, um, or webinar, or whatever this is, whatever format we're in, right? Um, we've been talking about uh, the kitchen conversations and the discussions. 
it's very, you know, you go from when you're one of the gang, then you become the boss. Okay. When you're one of the gang, I can give you all the advice I want, right? Because we're peers, we're equals and that kind of thing. When you become a boss, now it's time for you to realize that it's very easy to, to, to fall back into that we're one of the gang, but you're not. You're a supervisor. It doesn't mean you're not part of that crew, but you're the difference between the coach and the team, right? Or the, or the quarterback and the team. There is a difference and you have different responsibilities. If I, if a crew pulls up to a hazmat incident today and the captain is not on the hazmat team and is not a hazmat tech, which is in most cases, right? The captain pulls up and you size it up. You stop further harm from occurring. You isolate people and then you call in the experts. I advise people to do the same thing when it comes to personnel issues. If a firefighter comes to you and says, I'm having marital issues. I think Julie's got a drug problem. I think Mike's coming in drinking. You size it up and then you identify the best resources to do that. You are not an HR person. You are not a psychologist. You are not a psychiatrist. It's very easy to do that. And I've seen many officers get jammed up trying to do the right thing because they believe they were doing the right thing. But I will warn you, especially in 2023, where for very variety of reasons, sensitivities are much higher, whether it's COVID, whether it's politics, whatever it is. But people are a lot more sensitive, right? You need to be very careful at the advice you give people. Now, if the advice is how to stretch a line, screw that. You're going to do it the way I tell you, and this is the way we do it. But when it comes to personnel issues, which is in most cases where you as an officer are going to have the greatest risk of getting yourself jammed up, only do what you're qualified to do. Firefighter comes to you with a personnel issue, telling you about a bad marriage they're in. You listen for a moment. You say, listen, Bobby, you know what? I got you on this. We have a peer team. We have EAP. We have counseling. It's not fair for me to give you my advice because we're married to two different people. I want to help you. How can I help you? Here's your options. Big, big deal. Do not do things you're not qualified to do. And Brian, have you heard that before from him? A couple, a couple times. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's also helped me navigate some waters, um, you know, where, an, you know, an issue has come up and I've called him and he said, okay, so what's the next step? And we talk it through and we identify who we should bring it to. And I do. Um, so no, it's, I've heard it, but it's worked also. Yeah. Is there anything as a last imparting question for you, Brian, uh, to give you the last word in this, is there anything you want to say to your dad as far as, uh, you know, it's almost father's day and you know, uh, anything, you know, maybe something that would surprise him about, Hey dad, I was listening kind of deal or. (laughs) We, I mean, we could, we could go for days on things I should have listened to and looking back, you know? Um, but no, I mean, uh, he knows, I think the world that I think the world of him, he and I talk three, four times a day. Uh, there are, Little to no secrets between the two of us, and uh, it's, the, it's the best relationship that I have. So, yeah, well, thank you guys for sharing that with us. And, um, you know, for all those that are listening, I, I hope you took some tidbits of information about uh, balance, uh, relationships. Uh, Janelle, anything else uh, you have to add to this? Oh, I just want to thank the gold fetters here, this uh, dynamic duo for coming on the show, talking all things family. I really appreciate it. I know, Billy, I see you laughing at me. This has been really, really great, though. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, appreciate you guys. And, and if for all those that are listening to us, you can also watch us on the Fire Rescue One YouTube channel. You can watch us in video. You can see 
chief uh, and his son. And th- th- there's the the mustache is not on. It's not a family trait, as we could tell right now. But um, uh, there, the smile is. Uh, again, please rate and review the show. You can send us a message at better every shift at firerescue1.com. Um, most importantly, everybody, make sure that you learn something, do something, and share something to make you, your family, and those around you better every shift. Thanks for listening.